0: hi i'm bill finn this is the second part of a two-part interview now that the first half of the interview is over let me be your sherpa as we leave the comfort of base camp and push for the summit it's time to get your cramp on yeah it's season three of the bait and switch podcast
1: welcome back to the bait and switch podcast my name is jim martin and as always i'm with my co-host chris byer hello today yeah. we have the second half of our interview with a local celebrity here she's been on a couple of different reality tv shows <laughs> uh we talked in the first episode how she was on divorce court and this time we're going to talk about her experience with the billy cunningham show uh this is uh, whitney howard whitney howard jones Tonight, tonight uh hey.
2: I'm back, back, I'm back, I'm back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you were on the Bill Cunningham show then? Yeah. Okay, so Mm. tell us a little bit about the show, what it's all about, and uh, what what you were doing.
2: Um, Bill Cunningham was like, uh, to me, it was just like a mix between Dr. Phil and Maury. That's why I kind of fizzled out. He was a very nice guy,
0: though. I'm sorry, was that on in the Milwaukee market?
2: Uh, It did air. It did air here for a short time. Which Mm -hmm. is weird. It just disappeared off TV. I'm like, where did he go? Yeah, right. Real stories. Very personal, very emotional. And look, I'm on TV talking about it. I really need help. I really need advice. Real emotion. I just want to say I'm sorry, and that I love you guys so much.
0: Real drama. You had the affair. that you punched me in my face? No. Yes. No and Bill Cunningham. Even, even when you're lying, you're lying when you're lying. It's daytime talk for real. I'm offended you would call your sister a b- when really you're the dog in this entire relationship. Bill Cunningham. This is beautiful. Yeah, so you you had this experience with divorce court and you said you kind of liked it. Did you then seek out this Bill Cunningham show? Did you look it up? Yeah, I,
2: I had been looking all year for something that I could go to that was convenient. You have to send them in a story and then they will contact who you want to be featured with you. And that's the part that's key. Whoever you want to come on with you, if it's something that other people need to be on, they have to answer the phone. They've got to give the right energy and say the right things.
0: Okay. So, so you said you you kind of sought them out. How did you, you find like online things or how did you know where to look to get on a show like this?
2: At that point Craigslist was still pretty popular, but now not so much. Um, you can Google things. There are different casting agencies that have things that they post. And they will uh, give you the option to
0: email subscribe. Did it help that you had been on another show?
2: I guess so, because it was, it was letting them know that I didn't have a problem being behind the camera.
1: They knew but, they could swear at you. They, no, the,
2: <laughs> the Bill Cunningham producers were very nice. Mm-hmm. New York was very intimidating. Like It is like a ridiculously big city, mm-hmm. and the way that they do things is way different than L.A. You feel the structure. And the politics, when you step in, it's like, ooh, it's so much s- more serious here. And all the buildings, and it's like 5th and 34th Street, and all the taxis, and all the people. Everything was just so calculated and cold there.
0: It
1: was also yeah. December.
2: <laughs>
0: what was the story that you pitched them?
2: Um. I just told him like it was. He was a playboy and i here I am with this big stomach and he just wouldn't stop. He really enjoyed that attention. At some point we would be arguing in the grocery stores and he's like, You got leggings on. How would you like if I just take my shirt off and want blacks and blacks, huh? How would you like that? I'm like, I'm pregnant. So the the stretch pants are like kind of relieving. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know.
0: Was this the same guy that you were on the other show with?
2: It was the same guy. Like,
1: did you have any, anybody you were like trying to get on together with and you say, okay, no, when they call you, you say this or I say this and kind of, you know what I mean?
2: I called my mom. She wasn't for it. She has really bad stage fright. Called Hmm. my sister and she just wasn't interested. His friend, however, the guy's friend did go with us. So that was pretty interesting. And he's, like, this really urban guy. So the minute they told him he had to wear knee highs, oh, banana. They had to chase him through the studio and argue with him. Like, you absolutely have to wear this. He's like, knee highs and makeup. I could never. And then you know what happened? 15 minutes later, he came back with knee highs and makeup on. I don't know how they did it. But he was like, ooh, these are soft, like, (laughs) I <laughs> must have had somebody pretty put them on.
0: So, again, you had to talk uh, your partner in the, into going on the show. Was, was he excited about going on the second show?
2: At this point, he was, like, thinking it was, like, a a trip. Like, me and my guy are going to New York. Woo, because they disappeared off from me for
0: a portion of the time <laughs> while I was in the room waiting.
2: <laughs>
0: How was the pay on this one? Was it better or the same? Or
2: Oh, my God, no. They just gave us a stipend to eat. And uh-huh. that was it.
1: Mm. So Lim- why did
2: you do it then? Just to be on camera again.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Limo I
2: kinda, Um, Nope. They taxi cabbed us around.
1: Yeah.
0: Bill they Cunningham didn't. was on a budget. They flew <laughs> you there. They flew you there and put you up though,
1: right?
2: Right. And we, yeah. we got put up in Manhattan. So I guess that was a pretty uh-huh. penny, you know.
1: That's where your money went.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, we went out to eat. It was $20 for an omelet with no toast, no drink. Wow. I know. <laughs>
0: so did you feel more confident going on the second time that you kind of knew the ropes of being on TV?
2: I did, but they caught me with uh, like a, it was like one random thing that they wanted to throw in. They paused the camera and were like, OK, what well, we're going to have you do you take off the ring that you got, we're going to have him propose right on the show. I'm like, oh. don't have a propose right on the show. I want to marry this man. You know, I was talking about him and why I didn't want to be with him. There were women in the audience and they gave them microphones in the middle of the aisle to come up and speak to me. And I'm like, you don't know me?
1: Right, right. That's when it, it got to be like Jerry Springer. You yeah.
2: <laughs> all don't know me. <laughs>
1: And they were they were coming at you then, even though yeah. like this guy's doing all this, he's, he's yeah, he's such
2: he's, a sweet guy. Look at him and listen to him. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, the city of New York can keep him there. Right
1: there, you go. I think it's funny that the show would be like they would expect you to to, to be saying like you know, he's he's not around all the time. He's chasing other women. He's he's gonna ask you to marry him. What?
2: No. I guess that was for like you know ratings or whatever. No, I should have sure. said no. Yeah. I just said yeah because I do not want to embarrass him. He proposed and I said yes. I literally looked around at the audience
1: like, right, Ugh. right, yeah. Because how does that make you look though? You know, here you are, it's like he's running around on me. He's doing this. He's doing that. And she's like, but I'll marry him anyway. Like what? What? What are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> right. But if
2: then,
1: I had said no,
2: I'd have had like a crowd of angry women <laughs> and all this baloney.
0: <laughs> you know, they had commercial breaks. So did all of a sudden you got all this energy going on and all of a sudden you go to commercial break and everybody like calms down and then they turn the cameras back on. You got to bring the energy up or. They stand in front of you with cue cards and like
2: tell you something. And then um, they invited his friend to say a bit. He was a little more quiet and shy about the cameras.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He, he didn't mm-hmm. have much to input. He didn't want to go against his friend. Yeah. So he was in a tough place.
0: Yeah. Is the point of the show for this Bill Cunningham to give you advice?
2: I think Bill sounded like he sided with my ex more than me. It was like, come on, it couldn't be that bad type of deal. Like, he was trying to mend it. In his brain, he was mending the relationship. Like, I'm pretty sure you guys can recover. Oh, give him another chance. (laughs) Like, oh, my God, Bill.
1: man. (laughs) So he wasn't, like, um, counseling you or anything. He was just there to hear your story, maybe up yeah. it up a little bit, and then say, you can make it, you can make yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why his show didn't make it. Boy, that's crazy.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should have told him, like, Maury wouldn't have said that. Right. Maury <laughs> <laughs> right, right. would have let him run backstage.
0: Yeah, right. You kind of hinted that you liked him, though. You, you liked the guy himself, Bill Cunningham. You, you said he was a good guy, right? Bill
2: Cunningham is his sweetheart, yeah.
0: Oh, that's good, yeah. Now, when you got back home, again, did you get to see the show on, on the air?
2: No, I never saw that one. Oh, really? Somebody
0: mentioned to me that they saw it, but I never did. You, you know, you haven't been able to find it anywhere on the internet anywhere? Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's strange. Did you hear much feedback? You said somebody said they saw it. So you really heard no feedback about this one? Nope. No. Yeah. Mom wasn't
1: calling you up. What are you doing on Bill Cunningham? Bill Cunningham. Right. What are
2: you doing she yet? did put her foot down and told him that she didn't feel he should go on any other shows. So we were lined up for Maury next, and it just never happened.
1: Oh, you're wasting on Bill Cunningham, man. Come on. Yeah. So, uh,
0: <laughs> did he nix the Maury thing?
2: Yeah, his mother found out, and she mm-hmm. was just like, "Oh no,
0: yeah.
2: you're not going to keep doing that to me." And my my friends are calling me. <laughs> Church
0: friends. <laughs> you think that there's other people like you that go on multiple shows like this?
2: I would think so. You yeah, know, that's... once you do one, you kinda like, okay, I can do this again. And it's nice traveling to different places where I haven't paid airfare. No. Oh, yeah. You do yeah. get hours to go a few hours to go sightseeing and do some things. So
1: Right nice. Yeah, I've seen uh I mean I've seen some contestants. I used used to watch Survivor. And I've seen some contestants on there where they said, oh, this person was on this show and that show and this show, oh. and, you know, and then they finally got to Survivor. So they kind of, yeah, they kind of did the same thing, right? They kind of, the, the run of the reality shows, I don't think it's that uncommon, really. Yeah, it sounds to like it,
0: there was part of you hoping that you could have made this into a thing where you went on different Yeah,
2: because uh, I had reached out to Steve Harvey, I didn't hear back. But MTV wanted me on and the Oprah Network wanted me on. Oh, and I would have really? went to Canada for the Oprah Network.
0: They wanted you on in what, in what regard? This relationship thing or just other things?
2: Uh, MTV was like my mom had to be included. Nope. And she'd have been like voicing why she didn't like this guy. And they were offering us $10,000 a piece. I was upset with her quite a bit because it's like stage fright. Man, ten thousand dollars will solve all your bills for a few months.
0: Did the second appearance with this gentleman change your relationship at all? Did it make the relationship end quicker?
2: I think Bill Cunningham might have helped us like tear apart quicker because uh three months after that show, we were done. yeah, yeah it was it's been over since then. <music>
1: I I knew
0: that this table could become a coffin. Brash, opinionated, loved and even loathed, away from the shtick and the political rants, 71-year-old radio giant Bill Cunningham can be a big old teddy bear. I mean, you you kind of reevaluate where you are in life and I want to try to be a better man if I can, better husband, better father, better grandpa. That's what I want to be. Bill had a malfunctioning aortic valve slowly closing blood struggling to get to the heart like water through a hair-filled shower drain if his wife penny hadn't pushed him to check it out willie might have had three to six months 2019 could have been his last year on earth this is serious life and death and when you stand at death's door and turn around and walk back toward life that's what i feel like i had this second chance that i didn't know i was that bad so uh, you got this out of your blood now, or are you still interested in in getting on something like this again?
2: Uh, I think I'm interested in getting on something like this again. I'm, I'm waiting. If I'm still, like, not seriously dating anybody, I want to go on one of those new dating shows where it's like, you see all those little shiny young people just doing stuff around <laughs> campfires and junk. All right. <laughs> I'm
1: going
2: to be sitting there, like, secretly a cougar, like, shh nobody asks me how old i am yeah (laughs) i'm (laughs) here
1: so uh you know this show gets like chris was saying like 100 listeners a week so i mean you got a shot you know i mean somebody's surely somebody's gonna hear this show and then it's gonna probably propel you you know somewhere i would imagine right
0: yeah so where are you gonna go to scratch this itch that you got to be a performer what are you gonna if it's not tv is there something else that you could do Sure, I really sure. want
2: to host like bar trivia and stay fair events. just be on the microphone interacting with people and doing stuff.
1: MC Whitney. Yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll take this a little bit different direction here because you just mentioned kids. We are right now in uh, September 2020 and we're going through this whole thing about should kids be going back to school. So where do you stand on that? Should your kids be in school?
2: And get them kids out the house. Kick them out. Put them out with the sanitizer and a sandwich in a box and get out.
0: <laughs> and, I mean, obviously, you're a single mother, and you got to coordinate your job and, and your kids. And if the kids are sitting at home, you're stuck.
2: Oh, my God. it's more than stuck. Yep. Try sitting, sitting in the house with your children in the same room for mm-hmm. a whole day and see how you feel about them after Right. You're going to be like, did I make you?
1: <laughs> How old I are they? Did this.
2: 12, 9, and 8.
1: Okay.
0: You're not worried they're going to bring home the virus to you? No. Do you know anybody in your circle of friends and family that got coronavirus?
2: I don't know anybody who has it right now. Um, my cousin had it, I guess. But I haven't seen him
0: since last Christmas, so... Mm. Whatever. So he got through it, I'm assuming?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. When he had it, they just quarantined him at home. That's what I wish everybody would, like, kind of pay attention to. The people who they, that they put on the oxygen machines or whatever breathing at the hospital, they were dying and doing worse. The people that they just made stay at home for two weeks were just fine after that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this. Yeah, this. I was been reading all kinds of stuff about it, but yeah, what it does to your all the weird stuff it does to your lungs and like, it, oh, it, yeah. it the it creates. I won't get into all the technical stuff because I don't really know it, but it creates basically like a jelly in your lungs, and that's why uh, the oxygen was not doing anything. So the people that had the respirators, it just doesn't do anything because you're you're. It's not like your lungs are having trouble; like they can't function at all. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you give more oxygen; it's not going to do anything with it. So yeah. anyway.
2: I got like breathing issues anyway. So all of America who got COVID got to experience what I go through in the winter time, like that gel, if mm-hmm. I don't expel it, they said my lungs could collapse.
1: Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah,
2: I hate how doctors explain stuff sometimes. They can put it cuter than that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> your, your, your lungs will ease into a very relaxed state where they won't be functioning anymore. <laughs> Well, yeah, this is also bad. Right?
2: Yeah, you know, you got to sugarcoat stuff for women sometimes. There's still little girls on the inside.
1: Right, right.
0: So anyway, getting back the TV appearances, are you still looking for TV appearances currently to get on? Yeah, I looked at a few things. Like, nothing spiked
2: my interest. It uh, was one show that reached out, and they want me to find an article of clothing that had, a, like, a really difficult stain to get out. And I didn't say whose show it was.
1: Sounds like an infomercial to me. They just said it was like a
2: TV show woman. And she wanted to tackle rough stains. Rough
1: stains. Yeah, you're really digging the bottom of the barrel with rough stain show. Those rough stains, ladies, we're going to take those.
0: (laughs) Those those rough stain shows, they get so sensational. I can't watch
1: them. Right. Have, have you ever uh, applied for anything like sur- like Survivor or anything where you had to, do you have to send in like Oof. videos and stuff or what, what, how do you have to do all this?
2: Man, Milwaukee is survival ridden enough. Like you have to survive getting to work on time. <laughs> that's true. Not sure. finding a parking yeah. space and then almost getting fired
0: for
1: that. It's not recorded though. You know, that's not.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Whitney, well, hey,
0: we want to thank you for telling you about your experiences on these TV shows. Yeah. Thanks, Whitney. Yeah. It sounds sounds like you had fun. Sounds like it really wasn't about the money. It was just about seeing how you performed under pressure.
2: Yeah. I guess you could think of it like that.
0: Yeah. You enjoyed yourself on both the shows, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I did.
0: Now, I'm not so sure based on that answer. Yeah, right, (laughs)
2: man. It was kind of like boring, but Mm -hmm. the other show, maybe it's because I was pregnant. That's probably the issue.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah.
2: I couldn't really enjoy New York.
1: Yeah. Well, if you go to on another one, you know, make sure you hit us up. Let us know. We'll get the inside scoop right away before it even goes on the air.
2: They make you sign non-disclosures for that. Oh well, yeah, yeah. You got well, to wait. Well, we weren't say anything.
1: Yeah, we wouldn't they say are anything. very
2: picky about that crap. They're gonna come knocking
1: at my door. Yeah, that wasn't your. That wasn't your old boyfriend. That was the producer of the show that was banging on right? your door. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, Whitney. Well, hey, thanks for showing up on our show here tonight. All
1: right. Yeah. Thank you. All again, right. Buddy. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Join us next time on the Beta Switch Podcast when we talk with me, one of your favorite podcast hosts, about my experiences with COVID nineteen.